Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. As anyone who reads me on Fox Sports knows, I recently wrote a column that led with an item on Grayson Allen and his foul on Alex Caruso last week that resulted in Caruso breaking his wrist and Grayson receiving a flagrant foul, penalty two, and afterward an added one-game suspension from the league. I talked to several scouts and an assistant coach about the foul and Allen's reputation as a dirty player because I, A, didn't want to go on my own perspective alone, and B, I didn't want to be unduly influenced by the reaction on Twitter to the foul, which essentially amounted to Grayson being unfit to be in the NBA, deserving of a cell in San Quentin, and NBA Commissioner Adam Silver deserving to be in the cell next to him for allowing Allen to still be in the league. I'm not exaggerating. In fact, I may be downplaying some of the other suggestions. The responses from my sources were both mixed and measured, as I expected they would be. One because the sources I use within the league are people I've learned to trust over time because of our conversations on a vast variety of subjects. I trust them to tell me exactly how they feel and why, and it's why I use them, as opposed to any number of people that I could go to to get their insight on the league. I try to maintain a certain amount of variety and not keep going back to the same people for every piece that I write, but, and sometimes it depends on what the subject is will determine who I'm going to, to, if they have particular insight or someone has a particular insight because of who they work for or the conference they're in or whatever. In any case, I want to devote this episode to Grayson and the foul, not because the play merits Zapruder-like examination, although we'll do a little bit of that, but Because there's so much more to the conversation about the play, particularly the discrepancy in how Grayson 
is viewed within the league versus how a large majority of fans view him and how we get to this place where perception of players can be so different from reality, particularly when it comes to people outside of the league, fans, media. Uh, and then it surprises me that I have to put the media in that category, but it feels as if more than ever, whether it's because of the difficulty of getting access, the stiff-arming that so many beat writers get now from their respective teams, I just feel like there's not the same intrinsic, intimate knowledge of what the league is really like, what, like, what players are really like, uh, compared to when I was first coming into the league and, and covering it. So I don't know about anybody who read the piece and what the reaction was because Fox doesn't have a comment section. But the most surprising response I got was from the scout who said he liked Grayson and hated Caruso. I think it's safe to say that Caruso is a folk hero in two major cities now, LA and Chicago, if not the entire country. As much for his everyman looks as his unsung work as a defender and offensive glue guy. But it got me to thinking, what Caruso does, the way he plays, the way he's made himself valuable, is not all that different from Grayson. He just arrived on a different boat. Grayson Allen is only the latest example of a player receiving more pub and attention than his actual talent might warrant. And this is, I'm talking about at the collegiate level. Nothing grates on fans, and it doesn't matter what level, but nothing grates on fans, and I'd say the media as well, more than a guy who is overrated or promoted as something he's not. Even more so than someone who's overpaid. The guy who was overpaid is like someone who won the lottery. You might be envious, but you're not mad. You can't begrudge someone for getting lucky or being in the right place at the right time financially. But someone who is credited with being able to do something or be something, our eyes tell us they're not, that cuts a little deeper, hits a little different. That feels like an injustice, a, a legitimate wrong. And maybe this is part of it too. Generally, when someone is overpaid, it doesn't hurt anybody else. Getting paid more doesn't equate to being better. Never has, and we all know that, especially in sports. But give accolades to someone, and it naturally robs someone else of getting them, or elevates the anointed, the one getting the accolades, undeservedly above others who are more deserving. Grayson Allen got a lot of pub at Duke, both for his talent and his histrionics. And he was one of those guys that you looked at and thought, is, is he really? Is he really that good? Uh, Jimmer Fredette, another guy. Uh, maybe J.J. Redick for a time. And yes, happen to be talking about all white guys. I, take it as you will. I could probably name some black players as well, but... Those are the first guys that come to mind. And there's nothing quite like seeing a person who is viewed as already being given too much attention and then acting like a spoiled brat. And that's the impression and reputation Grayson had coming out of Duke. 
when he was drafted in the first round by the Utah Jazz, it seemed like a perfect fit for that fan base, for anyone who has played pickup in Salt Lake City or seen some of the church league action. It's a lot of guys who look and play like a less skilled Grayson. Caruso, meanwhile, played at Texas A&M and went undrafted, had to work his way up through the summer league circuit and then the G League to get his shot. The first real exposure he got was as a Laker, a minimum contract guy, a Woody Harrelson with hops, referencing the white men can't jump character Woody Harrelson played Billy Hoyle, the, uh, or the Bruce Willis unlikely hero type beloved in Hollywood. And yes, I just watched Die Hard again. So it was a, a feel-good look every time LeBron dapped Caruso up. The unknown, bald, white kid getting love from the self-proclaimed king. When Caruso won a ring with the Lakers, got penny-pinched by them, reluctantly joined the Bulls, and became part of their resurgence, it only added to the Caruso mystique. It actually follows the plot line of Harrelson's White Men Can't Jump movie, where he wins a tournament, then loses his winnings, and his girl attempting and failing to dunk, and then prevails in the end anyway, and what do you know, wins the game on a lob by dunking a lob. Perfect. Appearances matter too. Grayson Allen looks like an Ivy League frat boy and sounds like, at least his name sounds, like a British clothier or a dude on horseback with hounds hunting foxes. Blue blood, Grayson Allen. Alex Caruso looks and sounds like a salsa dancer or a guy who works on a loading dock or maybe as the drummer in an underground band or a guy who works on a loading dock and at night is either a salsa dancer or the drummer in an underground band. But decidedly blue collar, Alex Caruso. I'll even take it a step further, which has to do with the teams they're currently playing for. Caruso wins a ring with a team and is then rejected by them, forced to go to a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in four years, while Allen gets to ride with a Bucks team coming off a championship he didn't contribute to. You can't tell me all of that didn't play into the reaction to Grayson's foul on Caruso. Not purposefully, but subliminally. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Grayson has been a villain in one way or another for years now, while Caruso has been nothing but the unsung and unassuming hero. This was simply the two of them meeting on the same stage to play their roles. And after that, it was just a matter of filling the blanks, filling in the blanks or looking for more proof. Look, is that Grayson smirking, smiling? Does he think the injury is funny? Did he ever go over to check on Caruso or make any gesture that looked as if he regretted the play? 
He didn't? That heartless SOB. But the scout, who likes Grayson and hates Caruso, got me to thinking. And the truth is, they're really not that different. Both are hard-nosed and scrappy defensively and look to be a good teammate on offense, mainly because they wouldn't be in the league otherwise. Grayson is the better shooter. Caruso is the better passer. But defensively, they operate a lot alike. They're irritants. They have to be. Grayson does it stoically. I don't see him complaining to the refs when he gets called for a foul. He just looks at the guy he fouled as if he's a wuss for acting like he got fouled. And yes, I'm reading into the look, as everybody does. Grayson Allen, Allen just has one of those faces when he looks at you. It looks like he's looking down at you. Caruso gets up into guys and then barks at the refs when he gets called. As if, how dare you? Uh, what do you mean? I didn't do that. I can't remember too many times where uh, Caruso hasn't disputed a whistle. It almost looked in L.A. as if he adopted the squinched face that LeBron uses. To be clear, the foul on Caruso is the first one I can recall that Grayson has committed that I had to study to decide if it was dirty. The tripping fouls in college, please. That's not what I classify as dirty. Dirty is when you do something that you know has a high degree of resulting in a serious injury, especially in a situation where the opponent can't protect himself. Being on the ground and as a guy turns up court, sticking your foot out is going to cause that player to momentarily lose his balance and most likely lose his cool because it's so unexpected. But it's not dirty. Same with bumping into someone with your butt as they jog down court, as I also saw on Grayson's Not So Greatest Hits video. That's not dirty. It's annoying. The fact is, Grayson's foul on Caruso was the first flagrant two of his career and only his third flagrant foul overall in four years. I found a list by NBC of players who have committed flagrant fouls. SpotRack supposedly tracks flagrant fouls, and I have a subscription, and yet you can't find any. According to them, the only guy who's ever committed a flagrant foul this season is Markeith Morris, and nobody committed one last year or the year before. Come on, SpotRack. Earn your money. Anyway, according to this NBC chart, there are 12 players who have committed two flagrant fouls this season. LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, LaMelo Ball, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Kelly Oubre Jr. are among them. I won't give you all 12. Grayson is one of 73 players, according to the chart, who have committed a single flagrant foul. Though, it, to be fair, it doesn't distinguish if that one was a flagrant one or two type for any of the players listed. Still, he's one of 73. The point is, contrary to the impression you might have got from media or fans writing or talking about the Caruso foul immediately after it happened, Grayson isn't some out-of-control monster terrorizing the league. He was brought in by the Bucks to replace P.J. Tucker, who is what exactly? An enforcer, a physical defender, an irritant, who, by the way, also has a flagrant foul this season. 
The fact that he's listed on the chart as being with the Heat is what leads me to believe the chart is from this season. Now, I suppose part of what bothers me about the reaction to Grayson is the idea that basketball somehow is not supposed to be a physically dangerous sport, and anytime it does become physically dangerous, someone is doing something egregiously wrong. This is professional sports, and the difference between pay, being paid millions and all the other niceties that come with being an NBA player, or working out at the gym, hoping for a call, or riding a G League bus, or watching your bank account drain and wondering whether or not you'll ever get another shot, whether you should go look for another job, whatever it might be, it's paper thin for the vast majority of players. And to stay or not to say is a cutthroat business. It's not nice. And I can't help but feel there are too many people out there who think if it's not nice that something is wrong, that somebody is doing something wrong. That's an easy position to take standing on the sidelines. I just know that when I was thrown into a competitive situation and there weren't millions of dollars on the line, still, maybe my place on the team, maybe my pride, my ego when it came to playing in college. But if I was in a competitive situation, or actually post-college, I mean... (laughs) In any case, if I had to prove my worth and I was up against formidable competition, competition that I thought was capable of beating me out or taking my place, I the last thing I was thinking about was being nice. I wasn't looking to be dirty, but if it came down to a game of chicken with an opponent risking a collision in order to get the job done, I was going to see if they'd back down because I wasn't. Now, if that makes me prejudiced towards someone like Alan or Caruso or anybody else, so be it. Now, there's no question there are bad fouls. Fouls that have no business being committed. Fouls whose intent is strictly to intimidate. Or fouls that are reckless. Fouls committed with a clear disregard for the other player's well-being. I've Again, I've had that happen to me too, both on the soccer field and the basketball court. And I have the scars to show for it. And they still piss me off. I can remember them. Well, I can kind of look, look at various parts of my body and be reminded of them. And yes, they were completely unnecessary. In every case, my opponent had no chance of getting the ball. He was just using some part of his body to stop me. Now, I just can't put Grayson's foul on Caruso in that category because of what two different scouts said about it from my piece. The speed of it. Start there. The Bulls get a steal and are on a fast break. Caruso is coming down the middle of the floor along with another Bull, and there's a pass thrown in the middle. Gets a, he, he, Caruso gets the pass from the wing. As he reaches the paint, going full spa- speed, actually cuts in front of another Bull to get the ball, and then attacks the rim without taking a dribble. Now, Grayson is on the wing near the ball, and tracks back at full speed on an angle to contest Caruso's layup. He actually cuts in front of Pat Connaughton. So he's leaping sideways in front of Caruso and tries to block or grab the ball with his left hand and catches part of Caruso's wrist in doing so, which naturally throws him off balance. There's no chance of, of, of Allen trying to catch Caruso. He's like going the other direction. So there's not that. And then Allen 
in trying to land on his feet, his body comes around, his right arm comes around and connects with Caruso's other arm, which sends him even more sideways. So it looked terrific, horrific, and sounded horrific. I mean, he lands, Caruso lands basically full bore on his shoulder. And, but I have to say, both players looked like they leaped in the air, not quite sure what they were going to do. Caruso looks a little out of control in the way that he goes up. He's got both hands on the ball. He actually changes, he, he moves the ball as, as Allen comes across, which again, Allen's trying to adjust. There's a lot going on. Allen leaps and then tries to block or swipe the ball as his body is moving away from Caruso. He didn't get to the spot and then go straight up. He was too late to do that. But I'm not sure what kind of shot Caruso was looking to create or even if he had one in mind. The whole play looks scrambled and hectic. It's not as if Caruso, composed, is going to hammer a dunk and Allen just comes across and blows the play up. It's, it's not that clean. Now keep this in mind too. The game was being played in Milwaukee. Grayson Allen's new home. He's trying to make good on or be welcomed by the Bucks faithful. This was a one-point game midway through the third quarter. The Bulls were looking to prove that they can compete with the defending champions, while the Bucks wanted to prove that they remain the best team in the league and the Bulls aren't in their class just yet. Now, they've dropped a few games against clearly inferior opponents, the Bucks have, but every time they felt the need to make a point, they've done so for the most part. And this was one of those games. Grayson, as I said, meanwhile, is trying to prove his worth, not just to the fans, but to his new teammates, that he can provide the same toughness and defense that Tucker did while being a far bigger offensive threat and help them win, not just be that, but be that well enough for them to win another championship. All that was on the line, again, implicitly, when that play was made. Now, the Chicago Bulls, brand new TV play-by-play broadcaster, Adam Amin, points up exactly why I think the character assassination of Allen was unjustified. For all the reasons that I gave you, I gave you all the statistics that say that Allen is not just this serial, flagrant fowler, all right? By no means is he that. And this is what Amin said immediately after the foul. If this is most other players... I imagine my reaction and your reaction, and he was speaking to his partner, Stacey King, and a lot of other people's reaction would be, hey, it's a hard foul. But because of Grayson's reputation, and then he went on to talk about how that changes everything. Well, here's the truth of the matter. Grayson is most players. He really isn't any different than Tucker or Pat Beverly or Dylan Brooks or Facundo Campazzo or Davion Mitchell or Lou Dortz. And those are just some of the comparable wing players. He's a gritty player who has to be gritty and tough-nosed and take chances and intimidate in order to stay in the league. He can't back down. He's got to be tough. And he was on this particular play. But that's all he was. And to paint it in any other way, 
I believe is crazy as it sounds unfair to Grayson Allen. And yet the way we portray these things and then look, national media will pick up on this. Grayson Allen, next game he plays, he has a hard foul. All of this is going to be dredged up again, dredged up all the stuff going back to Duke. But no one's ever going to look at specifically, well, okay, wait a minute, but how many flagrant fouls has he actually committed? Let's get a list of all the fouls. And are, are we really talking about the tripping in at Duke and we're talking about the Caruso foul and what else? And how many years are we talking? We're talking about eight years, eight years of basketball because he, he played all four at Duke. Eight years and we've got a handful of examples, three, four, maybe five. When you look at it that way, then it makes you think twice, or at least that was my purpose here. It makes you think twice about the narratives that we create in our heads and the images that we latch onto, not simply on our own, but through the help of media and social media and TV broadcasts. And it's why we have to be on guard, all of us, have to be on guard for allowing that to happen. And when you are on guard, then you are one of my people because I am with the people who take in all the information, take in other opinions, take in other views, and then filter it through their own lens and they make their own judgments. However, those may compare to what the popular opinion is. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. I am going to do, uh, I'm hoping to do yet another podcast before the end of the week is out because I missed a couple days. And I want to take a look at what I see as the stark difference between Tom Brady and LeBron James. Uh, there, we're hearing a lot about Tom Brady potentially retiring and the way that he's talked about it and the things that might lead him to retiring got me to thinking about where LeBron James is in his career, what he's doing, how he's playing, and yes, what he's saying. All of that. Pretty sure that's going to be the topic for the next podcast because I'm kind of excited to talk about it. So look forward to it. In the meantime, as always... Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.